from her, you bitch! Great kid! Don't get cocky! That still only counts as one! Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the whole fires burning, because we're not back by dawn. Call the president. Groovy. Hello, and welcome to Good for an Action Movie. I'm one of your hosts, Max Steele. We're back. I'm another of your hosts, Will Thornton. Woo! Woo-hoo. And we're here with one of our one of our once and future guests, John Ross. John, how are you doing? I am doing I'm doing very well. Very happy to be included as a permanent guest moving forward. Thank you. <laughs> yes, we're a three-headed monster now. <laughs> and we are all here today to talk about the 2020 Danish movie Riders of Justice. Now <laughs> little sound effect. There. These motorcycles? This motor. Yeah, they were motorcycles, which do not really feature in the movie. But I actually, is there a motorcycle in the movie? Well, they're a biker gang, but I don't. I don't know that we ever see a motorcycle. motorcycle. I actually, sorry, not to dive right into this, but yeah, they, let's get right into it. We've they, had a little hiatus. <laughs> they show up to a lot of places, never riding motorcycles, and I just realized <laughs> they ride a lot of. They ride a lot. Of, they ride in a lot of nice European cars. Yeah, they drive yeah, a lot of station wagons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they oh, fit like talking, six yeah, people in their true. cars. That's true. You're talking yeah. about the gang. They definitely. Yeah. Do. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the the gang. They never yeah. show up in, on motorcycles. They just put seven people in a very tiny automobile. Yeah. Now, Will, you wanted to watch this movie. Tell us about your history with this. I did want to watch this movie. I had heard good things, and I've recently become a a rather large fan of Danish cinema. Um, in that I've yet to see a, a movie that the Danes have made that I have not enjoyed. Um, and uh, I just, you know, I heard that this was a good one and that it, uh, you know, was a low key pick for one of the best movies of 2021. And I thought that it could potentially be a fun movie to do for GFAM. I didn't really know that much about it. I knew that it was like kind of a dark comedy with Matt Mickelson, but that was about it. And uh, gotta say, big fan. The Danes are still undefeated in making good wow. movies, in my opinion. Unbelievable, incredible. And uh, that might be my recommendation later. Just all Ooh. of Danish cinema. Will for the uninitiated, can you can you name a few Danish films? Yes. So, well, so I you know I watched uh, last year's smash hit, highest grossing movie uh, ever made, Another Round. Avatar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar was Danish. No. no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the um, the Navi. That's a metaphor for um, for the Norwegians, but um, it's like the the, the foreigners. Anyways, uh, the 2020 Mads Mikkelsen uh, movie, Another Round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, which got some Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. It's very very good. Um, I am a big fan of the uh, Nikolaj Kostervaldau, Jamie Lannister movie, Headhunters, which is mm-hmm. kind of like maybe 2010 ish kind of strange uh, art theft thriller that is very good. Um, and the movie I'm going to recommend later, which I will save. But there's, a, there's many good, good, there's a lot of good stuff out there. The, again, the, I think it's something about the, the long nights or the Copenhagen streets, whatever it is. They got good, good vibes in their movies over there. Well, to just give a little overview of what Writers of Justice is, or John, would you like to pronounce the... 
Uh, Richter Dingenden's Rettier. That's probably very close. We're going to have to bleep that out. That is one of the most offensive things <laughs> I've ever, yeah, people, ever aired on this Yeah, podcast. once this goes on Spotify, people are going to start pulling stuff because our podcast is on there. Yeah, a nice. short-lived career as new permanent host of GFAM. <laughs> John, due to that, Bjork is pulling her music off of Spotify. <laughs> is Bjork Danish? No, absolutely not. That but she probably, understood what I just said. And she's not probably, happy. Probably far more. Now she's it. definitely going to pull it from Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't take GFAM down from Spotify, <laughs> I'm off it. We're like, like, oh, no one heard it. Our only listener was on the episode. No one cares. Bjork oh, looks forward goodness. to every episode. We have two listeners. John Ross and Bjork. <laughs> Anyways, I think she's Swedish, but that's also probably wrong. I should probably just stop talking about Bjork. <laughs> Have you been listening to a lot of Bjork? No, not uh, at all. She's Icelandic. Icelandic. Uh, okay. There we go. Mm-hmm. Born in Reykjavik. I was going to say, is she from Reykjavik, the only city? Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. trying to come up with a Danish music uh, musician. And now looking at a Google list, I truly know none of these people. So Bjork was the best I could come up with. Someone named DJ Alligator. <laughs> Oh, Max oh, wow. just actually spit take. I did the do name a spit DJ take. Alligator. I thought it was safe. We were talking about Danish musicians. I was like, this is safe to drink. Wow. He, now, I know what you're thinking. And yes, he is a large anthropomorphic allig- cartoon alligator. <laughs> <laughs> with with, a, with a, like a large gold chain. Oh, my gosh. I'm, okay, glad the, right. I'm glad this... Uh, very high profile profile music act um is an nft it sounds like oh wow oh, oh yeah that does sound like yeah he's a bored ape okay yeah. anyways um max why don't you talk a little bit of yeah why don't you go through okay a just what a, the movie is about just a little little bit of the the pot here because there's there's a lot to enjoy and be surprised about but it basically boils down to at First, there are two kind of concurrent stories following Otto, who is a programmer um, or basically works a lot with data, who believes that there aren't really many coincidences because you can take data and kind of correlate it to predict future events. And that's kind of one thing going on. Another thing going on is... um, they, the this family does not have a last name in the movie. I actually checked; they're just all for, but first names. Mass Miggelson is a um, is a soldier and is a Danish soldier and deployed at the beginning yeah, of the movie. War is Denmark. I was about to say, is Denmark fighting ISIS? And I'm unaware of this. I was wondering this during the movie, <laughs> but it, I don't think it's important. But yeah. yeah. I don't know where the, he, he's stationed somewhere and they so, might just have a station somewhere. He's a mercenary. Just watching out for uh, Gustavus Could Adolphus be. to come back into town. <laughs> Will's really going into the Swedes today. Yeah, I know. It's a big Swede. Big Swede day. Anyways. Notable, notable Swedes, uh, Adolphus and Bjork. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Marcus uh, is returning home after his wife is killed in a train accident. Um, and he's trying to go through the grieving process with his daughter when Otto shows up his, at his door and says that 
uh, he thinks that Marcus's wife's death might not have been an accident and might have been orchestrated by a biker gang, a Danish biker gang, famous for their biker gangs, the Danes. Danes. That's right. right. Great Danes. And the name of that gang? The Riders of Justice. The wait, no, John. What are what? what no, are they no, called? we cannot. We can't say it again. <laughs> okay, all right. Wow. But that's that's basically the uh, the conceit is the convergence of these two stories, and it's lovely. Yeah, it's really um, it it the b- beginning part of the movie is quite um, dramatic for the first twenty minutes or so. Really, until you re- meet my boy Immenthaler a little bit later on, <laughs> that's when the the screen really starts to light up. But um, yeah, you have uh, kind of this um, immediate question uh, kind of put to you about like you know the cl- like why do bad things happen, right? And it's a bunch of characters sort of trying to answer that question. And like uh, Matt Mickelson is, you know, he doesn't believe in God. But he's been he's being told by these people that come into his life, hey, we actually have determined that your wife didn't die in this random train accident. There, there's actually a logical explanation behind it. Yeah. And and here, oh, we, we're giving you an opportunity to exact your revenge, right? And he is like, Oh, awesome. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. They do that is another yeah. conceit. There's a revenge tour. Yeah. I, I really like the the conceit, like, you know, the not at all spoiler because it's like literally the first scene of Otto, but Otto and his his partner are building an algorithm that can potentially define future outcomes. Like mm-hmm. it's basically like a fortune teller, which I really appreciated. That conceit is a fun idea. I also thought when the movie started that the movie was going to take like a sci-fi turn and mm-hmm. they were going to do like a whole uh, like minority, minority report, report, like yeah. predict yeah. things before they happen. I was really glad they like totally strayed away from that. It was really just the way that these guys got connected is their algorithm suggested. Hmm. Hey, maybe this wasn't an accident. Yeah. Um, and that's, de- that's definitely one of the really big strengths. I think uh, is just a, a very strong thematic linkage between everything. Cause I feel like this is a thought that I had when I was watching it. I was like, I might not watch another, an American movie uh ever because <laughs> i was just like every i don't know every high profile foreign film i've watched or international movie that i've watched has been just like fairly thoughtful and very thematic when i think that that's mostly lacking in a lot of american made movies where the whole thing in this action movie about revenge and grief and the military industrial complex a little bit there's just the th- the link of like what is the nature of coincidence right it's just so cool. The MCU army is fuming right now, <laughs> Max Steele. You better pull G fam. Oh, listen, Spotify. The, the only reason, the only reason that Denmark has these movies is because they have not cracked the code on the MCU <laughs> yet. Okay. They will do it soon. <laughs> I think it's a good point though, Max. And I think one of the, the differences in kind of touching on John's point is that like, there's a, like, basically like, i feel like most american filmmakers this day and age like if you want to make a movie that's going to make any money or become a part of the culture you have to go genre like you have to make a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. or it has to be a superhero movie there's got to be something in it or it has to be like um you know a retro or or obviously just a remake or right. you know refreshing of a franchise or something 
And this is like, it, it doesn't take any sort of sci-fi leap. You know, it's just like, we're going to explore the concept of, like you said, like we're going to explore the nature of coincidence, the nature of how, how do we cope with tragedy and how do we move forward when, you know, we just want an explanation for what has happened to us. But it's, it doesn't feel the need to say like, well, what if we explored that through space? You know, it's just like, no, it's just like, there just isn't these people's anything lives. fantastical. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say there isn't like, you know, like crazy stuff that happens in the movie, but it's all like, you know, it, it's a, it's a drama. I mean, it, it feels very old school to me in terms of a movie. Like you could imagine a movie like this getting made in America in, you know, a decade or two ago, but not so much now. And it was a huge hit in Denmark. I mean, because it's a big star, big director, mit, mit numerous big stars over there. In mm-hmm. the movie. Um, all the leading men in Denmark do look like Travis McElroy. I think. <laughs> I was going to say, Will and I have this thing where we talk about like the Mount Rushmore of like interesting faces and just like interesting faces in movie movies in general. I don't think there's really any American movies that have more interesting faces than in Riders of Justice. Cause like, I just, you know, Matt Mickelson, very, very notable face. The guy who plays Otto, I feel like very notable face. Mm-hmm. Emmentaler, very notable face. Guy who plays even the the 18 year old serious guy, interesting face. They're oh, just, yeah. you know. Oh, my God, Max, have you never seen Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have interesting faces? Uh, in to your guys's point, like um, American American cinema, right? Like it big box office, big budget CGI fest, like consumed the mid range drama action movie. Uh, And I didn't think about this until you you guys were starting to talk about it. And I haven't watched enough like modern day foreign films or any foreign films for that matter to really like know for sure. But like, they don't jokes aside, they don't have an MCU that's just like burying everything else worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of cool to watch it. And like, it, it, like sparked an idea in my head where I was like, man, like what, what would our, like who would be our filmmakers that would be equivalent to, I'm blanking on the name of the director of this, but like if they had an all, like take a, is it Chloe Zhao who did no man land, nomad land, and then ended up doing eternals after that. Uh, Like imagine if she didn't get sucked into that machine for two years, you know? And I feel like that's so many of our great directors now. It's just like, Hey, you've got some talent, like get your, get in here. Come on. Uh, make oh, this movie with yeah. none of your own personal touch. Um, so it's kind of like a cool Marvel what if story. Mm. <laughs> I think we should bring the Riders of Justice into the MCU. <laughs> I would. I will. So uh, Matt's is already in the MCU. Yeah, that's true. He is. Wait, who's Matt's in the MCU? He's, he's the, um, Doctor oh. Strange. Oh, he's got a he's got a cool name, even though his character wasn't really cool. I forget. What he's the villain in the first Doctor Strange movie. Oh, huh. I completely yeah. forget that movie. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 me I too. That movie. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember anything. Uh, shoot, what was I gonna say? I lost. It. Oh, uh, I will say when I first so I saw the way I, I wormed my way onto this podcast is you two both watched it and reviewed it on Letterbox, and anytime I see a simultaneous. Will Max review on Letterbox? I immediately text them both and say, "Will there be an episode about this?" Because then I want to watch it so I can listen to the episode. 
and based off the like key art, I think I didn't read the description or I did, but I was really tired. And just based off the key art, I thought this was going to be like a post-apocalyptic movie about like four dudes traveling <laughs> yeah. the desert because in all the posters, like yeah, Mads is wearing like a full like body suit and is like covered in dirt. And I'm like, well, that's just this, like, that's the scene from him in the, uh, in the unnamed Middle Eastern uh, theater of war from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was not expecting when people got it's, on the train. It's I was literally like, oh. a family drama. I mean, that's like the best. It's yeah. like it has some action in it, but it's. It, I read your review too, John. I mean, it is like a found fam, a found family movie, basically, like a bunch mm-hmm. of misfits who, like, through sheer coincidence, kind of get or through an attempt to like deny coincidence, like come together. Um, and in that like act, they end up kind of forging these like familial bonds and like everyone in this movie is so like damaged. I mean, that's like, that's the thing that makes it feel the most like modern it, you know, I said, it's kind of old school, but like, I feel like it's a very modern theme in movies to really ruminate on like, how do we cope with trauma and how do we like, and like, well, I, I mean, this is, if you if you're list if you are listening to this Bjork and you have not seen the movie like you should go watch it I'm, I'm not going to spoil any like plot lines but like I like thinking of the movie it's I, I feel like we're seeing like a response to the revenge narrative like mm-hmm. and it, we're getting a series of these like anti revenge movies mm-hmm. with, that are like billing themselves as revenge movies and then through the course of their plot like essentially making an argument for revenge being like an impossible task. Like you cannot like the movie's called riders of justice. And like, does like think about what the movie has to say about like getting what justice justice means for someone. Right. It's like, it's not possible. Like that's sort of what it's argument is saying. And I just, I've thought, I think this movie is really, it's like such a good thinker. You can just really like ruminate Mm -hmm. on what it has to say about that stuff. And yeah, it's just great. Well, I think something that's so, uh, so interesting i know i've said this earlier and i forgot the director's name again uh i keep losing it anders thomas jensen Jensen. (laughs) that's right jensen uh like the way he plays around like he just has such a cool understanding of every character and like Sirius, the the daughter's boyfriend for anybody hasn't seen he has this very like solid understanding of like I mean, he's 17, so he probably doesn't have the life experience, but he's he's saying all the right talking points of how does one deal with grief, right? Like, seek counseling, like, talk mm-hmm. about it, like, give each other time. Everybody does it in their own way. Um, and he kind of gets shoved to the side by these other characters who really don't know how to deal with it, but they've all, like, found their ways, and some are better than others, right? Like, you've got, uh, I, I don't know if this really counts as a spoiler, because it's not that really important to the plot, but Leonard decides that he's going to do therapy for Matilda, Matilda's daughter. And it's like, it's such bad therapy. Like he's clearly not ready for it, but in a weird way, he helps her. Uh, And like, I don't know. I just, I think he's got this really cool grasp on. He's saying like, listen, like the next generation is probably better equipped for this, but like, here's a generation of guys that have to figure it out for themselves. And like Mm -hmm. what this kid is saying, it's just not, like maybe they're too far gone, but like, how can they figure this out together? And they kind of get there. And it's just, I like, it's honestly just kind of an adorable movie, uh, which is crazy considering the number of like uh, blood guts shots there are. Yeah. Um, broken fingers. Yeah. Broken, oh, yeah. Like the whole nine, but it's just like, 
God, it's just got such a beating heart for every character too. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell he really spent time understanding who these people were and cared about them when he was writing them. For sure. Oh, go ahead, Max. Go ahead, Will. No, no. (laughs) I'll take this one, guys. Go ahead, John. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I think something that I thought was cool about it as well, and this goes to the writing kind of involves a lot of what John mentioned there is that I think it had, it, it kind of felt to me, it had a lot of the pacing of like a television series, I feel like, because it just like was slowly building and adding more characters until you get to the point where there is a climax and then all the characters are just kind of enjoying their life together at the end, Mm -hmm. which I think that not a lot of movies can nail like that feeling of like slowly meeting a bunch of characters, like building an ensemble without like it being three hours long or a TV series. That's just something that I really appreciated too. Well, it's, it's also an action movie that like it, it's not that concerned with being an action movie. I mean, there's what, like three action set pieces in this and none of them are particularly long, but I think he's got a, Jensen's got this really great grasp on like every single one of those scenes is heart pounding because you really care about the people involved in them and you know how ill-equipped they are for the situation. Right. And you know that Matt's is a killing machine. Yeah. Like you're so, you're trusting him so much. Oh, I had another thought. It's kind of spoilery, so I'll save it for later. But, Will, what, oh, what just were you going to say? Oh, well, Should I do it? Just said, just do it. If, if you okay. haven't seen the movie. If they're, still, if they're still listening at this point. Yeah. They're ready for the spoilers. All right. You guys, if you're sure, still listening. If, York, if you're still in here, buckle in. You guys remember, uh, I'm sure you're aware of, like, the Jackie Chan principle of, like, action combat. Where I have, like... Jackie Chan movies tend to start or sorry, the action sequences in those usually start with him at a place of lower status, right? Like Mm. he has to constantly work his way up and that's what's so exciting. And this movie, that final action sequence, they've built up Mads to be this killing machine the whole time. And how do they start the the final action sequence? He gets shot twice and (laughs) doesn't have a gun. Like such a good choice of like, putting him in that situation where like he has no choice, but to need help in that. Uh, mm. I just, I remember when I was watching that in the moment, I was like simple, but brilliant. Like if you let him just do his thing, that scene really doesn't have any of the legs that it has otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, uh, <clears throat> like these movies, like, a, like this movie doesn't, uh, you, you don't make a movie like this unless you're really thinking about like the, the, what the audiences bring into it and what it's like, it's not John wick and it's like very intentionally not John wick. Right. It, it is sort of like, like you're saying, John, where it's like it, the, the, the people in this movie, other than Matt's are like, so in over their heads the entire time to the point where they're like, just basically cosplaying. And then as soon as they get into like, you know, well, as soon as they have to shoot somebody, it doesn't go well. Like, you know what I mean? And, um, but I don't know. He, I was going to say earlier, like he, the, the movie has such a sense of like humanity to it. And uh, like, it's such a strange turn of the movie where you meet the uh, bicycle gangs, like uh, I guess, uh, you know, a sex slave more yeah. or less. Right. And he comes into the movie and, and it's like one of the, it, it's such a masterful, like, thing to do which is like take a like punchline basically like the first time we see him it is like it's a very like (laughs) 
Tarantino-esque punchline, right? Where it's like, oh, that was something weird that was in that scene. And like, you're not going to come back to it. Or if you do, it's like the scene where he's being tortured, right? And they're like, what did you see? But then it's like, oh no, we're actually going to like spend time with this character. And like, he's going to be just start like cleaning up around the house and like teaching them how to play games and stuff. Like, it's just so oh. like, and that leads me to my, I mean, you know, the other point, which is that it, it is a Christmas movie. I do want to make that. It Christmas. is it's a of Christmas course. watch. And I would say more than even something like Die Hard, this really does embody the, the spirit of Christmas. And I think it would be a great Christmas Eve watch in the future. And it, it has a French horn good. solo in it. Which is oh, very Christmassy. oh, such a good French horn. That, that uh, I, I feel terrible that I feel like this is the most demeaning thing ever that I can't remember the name of the sex slave. Uh, I just looked it up. Oh, yeah, that's right. But well, they call uh, him something else, but I, I forget what that is. Yeah, but uh, there's that really like really vulnerable scene with him and Leonard, uh, just like yeah. lying in bed. And he basically offers Leonard to do whatever he wants to him, and Leonard's just like, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, and it's just like, I don't know, it comes back to the found family thing of like, these guys are all finding people that they can trust in and mm-hmm. and care about. Yeah. Well, and it's also kind of alluded that right. Leonard had gone through yeah. similar situations yeah. as yeah. Badashka. Yeah. yeah. It's very mm. also touching. And oh, also, uh, I just got to say, M. M. Thaler, M. Thaler, I'm butchering all these names has to be the most likable guy who, if you met him in real life, absolutely <laughs> spends like 30 hours a week saying hateful stuff about women <laughs> in gaming online. <laughs> it's, a great like, per- it's a great performance. It really is. Oh, man. His, like, desire, like, how bad he wants to learn how to shoot guns, and the second he has one in his hands, he can't do anything with it. Yeah, It's just like, you know it from the second he wants it, but it's just like, oh. So he nails that performance. Yeah, very, very funny. Uh, like just, but again, like a, a character that in most movies, it, you know, I'm obviously talking about mostly like American movies would just be like a punchline. Like he's like the fat, like gamer computer nerd, right? Who like, is like, oh, you know, don't touch all oh, these monitors are too low resolution. I can't work. You know, it's like all that, all the co- comedy gold is still in there. Like you're still like, cracking up like he's it's a very funny performance but then at the same time you feel like such sympathy for him and he is again spoiler but like given like the kind of cathartic moment at the end it's not just him but like the French horn thing Mm -hmm. is like like I feel like it's a moment if I watched it again it it might make you cry it's so Mm -hmm. good yeah uh I just pictured the American version of the scene where Mads wants him to kill a guy uh, but in the American version, Mads just kills him. And then after the guy like falls down, M. Taller's standing there and he just goes, who peed my pants? Uh, <laughs> and the crowd just whoops it up. This goes, yeah! <laughs> oh, yes. He, he turns back to the car and says, so that happened. <laughs> so that just <laughs> uh, Guys, are you seeing this? <laughs> yeah. We turned M. and Dollar into Chris Pratt. <laughs> So I've got a question for uh, <laughs> I've got a I've got a question for John. Yeah, uh, you've alluded to the director and, and writer of this film, Anders Thomas Jensen, a couple times. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't don't look him up if you're if you're doing that because uh, this uh, Jensen has uh, mostly stuck to 
working in Denmark, but he did make one foray into American cinema. Uh, he wrote a movie that I know you've seen. And my question is, do you know what it is? I'm, I'm going to kick myself because I looked him up on Letterboxd after watching the movie to see what else he had done. And I remember having a moment where I was like, oh, he did that. And then absolutely can't even begin to think of what it was. <laughs> oh, it was your favorite movie of all time, John, the Dark Tower movie. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. I think he, I was looking at something else then. He wrote, he was one of the screenwriters on the Dark Tower. Oh, adaptation. that poor, poor man. <laughs> Portals? He read, I, I heard he came in to do a one quick punch up and he wrote the portals line. That <laughs> My favorite line in the movie. God, yeah. man, I feel so bad for everybody involved in that movie. <laughs> that is really so bad. Nobody deserved to have that put to screen. They should have canceled it. Yeah. Yeah. I it was pretty bad. I thought he did one. I thought he directed one American film, but I think I might've been looking up. I think I went on a little, uh, a little rabbit hole on a few different like foreign directors yeah or maybe it's, it's, it's um possible he did i'm trying to think no, i just i just looked he never directed anything in yeah. america yeah but he does thinking. have a beard in adam's apples i'm just looking through his old <laughs> which um, uh is which uh the danish title is adam's abler oh i like that i'd tell you what i would watch a, i mean for everything i was reading on uh i've mentioned letterbox a lot but from everybody talking about it it sounds like this a lot of this guy's movies hit like a similar tone and like balance yeah um so i would really love to uh, maybe i'll go down this this little dane train you know what i'm saying oh, dane train <laughs> this guy's got an oscar too really oh yeah. yeah what did he win for it was um is the short film election night oh mm. i'm thinking oh i'm thinking of Ventberg, the other director yeah right he won for it's 11 round, minutes but... It's an 11 minute short film, one in 1999. Wow, there I'm you sure go. it's worth it. I was curious about the guy who played M. Thaler, Nicholas Bro. Uh, Great name. And yeah. he, was, he was in a 2013 movie, Danish, I believe, called Ant Boy. Uh, so they, are, <laughs> they do have their own MCU. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, but then I also I was curious what American. Michael, Michael Douglas is in that movie too. I was curious if he had done any American stuff. And. Um, he was in Nymphomaniac Volume 1, the Lars von Trier movie. Yeah, that, that's Danish. Lars is uh, from Denmark. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was yeah. also in War Horse, which I never saw. I've seen War Horse. I like, Horse also I mess with War Horse. I like it. I had, a, I had a bit with my freshman roommates in college. who ended up being my roommates all through college. I don't know why I called them my freshman. But when that movie was coming out, we'd always just go, War Horse. That's the whole bit. <laughs> just saying War Horse like that. And then none of us went and saw it when it came out. <laughs> Heard the play's really cool. I've seen the play as well. The play is very cool. Wow, Will Will does mess with rights for yeah. If I turn the camera around, you might see some posters uh, that I don't show (laughs) off to everyone. But these are all just pictures of anatomically correct horses. (laughs) Uh, No, the War Horse stage adaptation is really cool. They have these uh, mechanical horses on stage where they have like each horse is controlled by two people. It's kind of like the Lion King, but it, instead of like, you know, where the person is the animal, it's just two people. It's like a very elaborate puppet, but it, it is incredible. Like it moves exactly like a horse. It's horse? so cool. Wow. And cool. they, yeah, it's, it's awesome. If you ever get a chance to see the, the stage show, I would definitely go see it. It's worth hmm. it. Is the guy who plays Otto in anything? Of he's note? a, he, he's a big Danish, big star. Danish guy. Yeah, yeah. I really like 
I really liked his yeah, performance. Yeah, I think he's really good. He was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's fun to go into one country's like movies because you it's like like one pick a you know a single like European country and like watch five or six films from it and you see the same guys you see the same people it's kind of like it's like yeah watching movies that are made in britain after you watched either harry potter or game of thrones and that's <laughs> literally every british actor who's ever worked like it's just kind of fun like yeah you can do that with you know french movies or danish movies or anything and you'll just be like oh okay it's this guy yeah it's, a, it's the guy from uh, another round you know he's in this now like it's just very fun yeah. Well, anyway, should we go into ratings and recs? Yeah. Does anyone have anything else they want to share? Um, I would like to once more say the Danish name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got nothing. I, I can start with my rating, though. Yeah. Go for okay. it. Okay. We uh, rate out of four stars. I'm going to give this a solid three and a half out of four stars. Um, uh, I, in short, I really uh, loved this movie. I thought it was um, great. It's definitely, I feel like it's a movie I could easily see myself watching again. Like it seems like something that you, you would really even grow upon a rewatch because it has so many great character moments and like really funny. We didn't really even talk about the fact that it, it's genuinely very, very funny. funny. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a great <laughs> comedy. Um, and like, talk about tonal shifts like they really go whip you back and forth between some pretty like heartbreaking scenes and like some very very funny scenes so um yeah i just thought it was great uh the action is is when it's there it's shot very well like it's you know staged for it's just a few set pieces but um it's good you know and uh we we also hardly talked about like mats as a leading man but he's great um in like everything i've ever seen him in uh, just a really good actor. And for like a guy that looks like he does, like it's like, he has such an like interesting a, face. Yeah. Such like, um, I mean, what? Yeah. Interesting face, but it's very like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like interesting. You would, you would look at that guy and be like, he's going to play like a dad. And you'd be like, that's not really possible. Like he needs to play like, yeah. Like uh, a wizard or Hannibal Lecter. Like that's basically like <laughs> what I could see him playing, but like he plays a very good, like a banker man. to the world's terrorists. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or a bond villain. Yeah. Literally yeah. like exactly. Uh, or the guy that made the death star plans. Oh my gosh. Um, don't remind me. <laughs> um, anyways. No, so, the guy who made it was on our side. He was, he, he left was the Max. trash compactor so that we could shoot it. Best right. star Wars movie of all time. Thank you. Oh, that's that's what John said when he, I was with you when he came out of the theater. Oh John was God, riding John. that high. Like I was on that high. high, that Star Wars high. I've I've since retracted my statement, but in the moment, he's going yeah, back to. I he's going back to Attack he, of the Clones. Listen, back. Rogue One was really about the 2016 election, and I think that is very clear. <laughs> John John took a, retracted his Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie after seeing Rise of Skywalker. He's now he has a new favorite. <laughs> Well, it's got Babu the best action figures. A... <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, it's good. Three and a half stars. Action. I give it. I give it. It's a. It's. It's not a ton of action. I give it five out of ten broken fingers because he wouldn't stop talking. Hmm. And he well, then he would. He wouldn't, and then he would. It really seemed like he was going to break would? a set number of fingers, and there yeah. was nothing serious could have done to stop the. the he came in planning on four. I would hate to have my fingers broken. Mm. I never like when that happens in a movie. Yeah. 
honestly the, more disturbing than somebody being like shot in the face for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Way more yes. visceral. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you're shot in the face, you're not going to be there experiencing it. If yeah, your fingers are broken, you're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You must like Rocky then, Will. He doesn't break the guy's fingers. He chooses, right not to. he chooses not to. Oh. He, he shoots him right in the face, John. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Somebody else do their ratings. All right. I'll do my ratings. I'll also give it three and a half store, or <laughs> stories. Three and a half stars. I just really liked it. I can see this being um, comfort movies, not really the word, but like when I don't want to watch something new and I want to watch something good that i feel like could fly by because i enjoy it a lot i think that that is kind of the the kick i would get out of that's also like would make me feel emotions and laugh so i'll definitely 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 would highly recommend it um i'd probably give it like seven and a half um uh seven and a half oh bad sandwiches out of ten Mm. Mm. Uh, well, I'm not going to do anything unique here. Three and a half out of four stars. Uh, I'd give it four if it didn't have subtitles. Am I right, guys? <laughs> uh, three and a half out of four. I'd like, uh, is it, John, a perfect... it doesn't have subtitles. You just don't know Danish. <laughs> what Wait, I, I have those in the I was, was going to do this. subtitles on you moron. <laughs> God, I always feel just so inferior on out. this podcast. Use, use visual cues. I was going to do a bit near the beginning where John watched it in Danish and didn't watch it with subtitles. Cinematography was good. I don't know what to say. Uh, All these guys seem angry. (laughs) Three and a half out of four stars. Is it a perfect film? No, but I I think you guys are spot on. One I will return to. I do think this could be interchangeable with Die Hard as like a Christmas action movie. And I just, I want to spend more time with these characters. It's, uh, I oh, find sure. the found family thing is like real comfort food for me, uh, especially like when it's all about support and stuff. You guys saw my letterbox review. I, I called it uh, Ted Lasso with trauma and guns. Uh, is and that like, not what I've not seen Ted Lasso? Oh, is Ted La- not- yeah, Ted Lasso is very found family, a, support each other. Yeah, he does lassos and he pulls guns. out his gun and says, Be a goldfish before he shoots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, I just I think it I think a comfort movie is the right way to put it, which is interesting considering how dark it is. Um, for action, I'm gonna get I'm gonna give it six out of ten random train accidents, uh, suspiciously random train accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of action, honestly. If if it had more quantity of action, it'd be it'd be looking at an eight or a nine here. But just not a lot of action. But what it does have, it does very effectively. I want to mention, I'm going to do the annoying thing where I, I, we're about to go into Rex, but I do want to mention, uh, do, I do love, I, I love a good framing device and the bicycle thing is so good. Yeah. It's, it's just like when it comes back to that at the end, cherry on top, like you're yeah, thinking perfect. about it the whole movie and it's works so well thematically and it's just so great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love any, uh, any like credit sequence where it's like, yep. I just did that. And then you're just going to watch the credits roll right over while this keeps happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So just enjoy this. Yeah. Just sit in this for a little bit. Very neat. Um, All right. Do we want to do recommendations? Recommend something, Will. Okay. You're so Um, good at recommending things. 
I'm going to recommend a Danish movie, as I alluded to earlier. So uh, after I watched this, I was uh, wanting to watch another uh, movie with my boy Mads. And um, I've been meaning to check out uh, Thomas Vinterberg's uh, 2012 film, The Hunt, um, which is which won an Oscar for Best Foreign Film. So Vinterberg hmm. directed another round last year. He got a he got an Academy Award nomination for Best Director, which is you know very rare for a foreign film. Um, it was kind of a lifetime, you know, sort of like, hey, you've made good movies here. We'll throw you a nomination. But um, The Hunt is a uh, movie with uh Mads Mikkelsen in it and I was I started it at about 10 30 or so at night because I just couldn't sleep and I was like oh I'll start this movie and uh, it was one of those where I just you know I was up to like one watching the entire thing I actually probably started it later because it's not that long it's like 100 minutes or something uh very different than Riders of Justice uh I don't really even want to talk about what the movie is about because it is it is a just a straight drama. It's not a genre film, nothing like that. But it is one of the most unsettling movies I've ever watched in my life. Uh, just if if you watch it, I highly recommend. It's an extremely good movie. Uh, you it opens up this like sickening feeling in you as you watch what's happening in the film. I, I cannot. I cannot overstate how I was watching the entire movie, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Uh, it, 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 extremely good movie. Uh, do not recommend you watch it uh, from 11.30 to 1 a.m. because you will not sleep well that night. Um, but just really solid all around. Uh, yeah, the Danes, they make good movies. And uh, that's my recommendation, The Hunt. I am going to recommend something now. Um there were a couple of things I thought John might recommend. John and I have a lot of cross crossing, uh, crossing interests right now. So, you know what I'm going to recommend? I've recommended some different stuff on this podcast, but you know, what's really good. You know, there are people that let you down in life, but there's two people who never will let you down and their names are Ben and Jerry. You guys know how good Ben and Jerry's ice cream is. John, stop laughing at me. I just wasn't expecting it to be ice cream. I've recommended cats on this. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I should, I should be ready for anything. They say here's when you the go thing. on here. Everything, I've been on a huge Ben and Jerry's kick like the last six months because they have dairy-free ice cream, and it's really good. Good stuff. I just had another pint last night. I never had Cherry Garcia before. Incredible. Mm. Like five stars. Can I tell you guys something? I've, I think I've had Ben and Jerry's like two or three times in my life. I've almost never had it. I'm kind of I, the same. I was a big snob before. You know, I was Cincinnati, like, Ohio is an ice cream town. You know, we got a lot of heavy hitters here. It's hard hard mm-hmm. to go for B and J. But there's a thing. I don't. We don't have graders down here, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to dox my location. But here real, in the south, real Cincinnati, Havana, Cuba, he, here at latitude <laughs> forty seven. <laughs> Uh, I think that's, is it my turn to make a recommendation then? But yeah, everyone get a pint of Ben and Jerry's. It's oh. really good. God, Max, get a pint I'm so of Ben sorry. and Jerry's while watching it's good. The Hunt. The Hunt, yeah. Oh, Offset we'll both feelings. It's just, it's pure decadence. It's just like the ice cream is really good. You get a bunch of crazy stuff in there. I'm usually What's... not a big fan. Of, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm usually not a big fan of like mix-ins with ice cream. I'm a, I'm a simple man, mm-hmm. but I will 
I will Max, defend If ben I'm going to go now. get Ben and Jerry's right now, is Cherry Garcia the one I should go get? Uh, I like milk and cookies a lot. Oh, okay. okay. No, Max, what type of ice cream? I like get? milk and cookies a lot. Yeah, I oh, know, you think like I was talking about an ice cream? Flavor. Oh, you think I was talking about? I, ice I like cream milk this and cookies time? too, but if he wanted ice cream, what should he get? You should get Cherry Garcia. No, no, no. That's a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I love the, <laughs> that I love the, the great guitar. Oh, that is I so good. I can't get him. You know, can't get him in here. <laughs> oh, there's also the Tonight Dough, Max. That's a TV show. He can't. You can't. The TV Dough. You can't Max. eat a TV show. All right, John. What are you recommending? Oh, well, Matt, Pil- Matt. Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. <laughs> You should. Those are also good. Have you guys ever considered living in America? Because uh, I'd like to recommend that. Today. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Max is a real gentleman because uh, he he knew he knew exactly where I was going for. There's a video game that I just completed that Max is working through right now called Disco Elysium, which uh, I think is just one of the I think one of the best written video games I've played in a while. A few critics have said it's a little overwritten. Uh, I don't think they're wrong. If you're, if you're not into the style of writing, I can see where it could get grading, but I think it is just very fun, a very thoughtful, honestly uh, has a little bit in common with writers of justice of it is very dark, but also very clearly cares about the people in the story. Uh, So, and very funny, Uh, probably the only video game I've ever played that on multiple occasions has made me like laugh out loud uh, that just most video game humor writing is like really cringy to me. Uh, Disco Elysium didn't do that. And for the sake of not recommending something that Max would have probably recommended today, uh, I watched the film Pride and Prejudice for the first Ooh. time recently. And I was, I was just delighted. Uh, really beautiful film to watch. Great story. And uh, Matthew McFadden, if I'm saying his name right. Oh boy. Hubba, Say, uh, hubba. Aaron's favorite movie. Real fans know that when Darcy helps her into the car, the carriage, and then he walks away and his hand opens, oh, it's hits. That's what, um, that's what, uh, sex used to be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, now all the prudes are going to come for our podcast. Know, the prudes are out. We already all angered the, prudes. the Swedes. They already hated us before, the prudes. We already lost 50 of the audience with york and now you had to take out the other 50 i know i know just a prudent just a raunchy joke by me right there at the end yeah yeah that's a good movie yeah. though john aaron uh it's her favorite movie Shout have you all read have you all read pride and prejudice i have read it i read it twice for two different classes in college i'll write oh. for pride and prejudice i think that's a good book yeah priders of justice mm. priders, priders of, justice. of prejudice priders of prejudice What's up? We're the riders of prejudice. prejudice. We're aware. We're not prejudiced. We're a big fan of the book. Uh, with their rival, uh, the rival mm. cyclists and sensibility. <laughs> the rival, okay. the rival game. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I think that that's a good spot to end on. That's a good moment to end on. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, hey, John Ross, you've been an excellent guest. Thank you. <laughs> Until you've been an that excellent moment. Gu- you've been an excellent guest. Goodbye. <laughs> I prepared a lot, um, hours of research, so thank you.
Yeah, at least two hours. Yep, two hours of research watching the film. That's right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Shout out to Bork. <laughs> Bork. Bork. <laughs> okay. This has gotten actually offensive. <laughs> I would like to shout let... out to Burke. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, folks, uh, we we're back. It's been a while, G fam. We're uh, maybe we'll do some more episodes in the future. This has been our Riders of Justice episode, closing it down. Max, Max, it's getting a little late. He can't, he can't, he can't talk anymore. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> thank you all, all right. for tuning in, John. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see y'all very soon. Bye bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's over. Go home. Hasta la vista, baby.